So the other day, my son and I are watching Wall-E, and uh, we've seen it a bunch of times. We, you know, we love that movie. It's a great movie. And there's a part in the beginning where Wally is, you know, roaming around Earth collecting trash, and he's taking, you know, he's he's uh, compacting some and stacking it, and then he's taking little things he kind of finds as uh, treasure. And uh, you know, so he gets like whatever he gets, you know, the, the plant and whatever. And then he picks up, <laughs> he picks up a bra and then he puts it on his head or something like that. And, uh, so my son, he's five. Um, he was like, what is that? And I told him, Oh, it's a bra. And he started laughing at the word. And then he, go <laughs> and then he goes, what's that for? I said, uh, sometimes ladies wear them to hold their boobs and he's fucking dying. He can't stop laughing. He's laughing so hard <laughs> for maybe, I don't know, three minutes straight. He just, he was laughing and he like in between gasps for air, he would just say the word <laughs> boobs. And uh, it was amazing. It was so fun and silly. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to, of course, I'm going to tell him what it is, but I'm not going to say, I mean, you can't say breasts to a, a kid. It's weird. You know, when kids use clinical terms for anatomy, it's super awkward. And I'll, I can't say tits. That's too aggressive. <laughs> so boobs is like that happy medium. Um, so it, it was so funny. And I'm, I'm laughing, too. I can't stop laughing. We're having such a good time. And then, I don't know, at least once a week since then, this was a couple months ago, at least once a week since then, we'll just be sitting there. It'll get quiet. <laughs> It'll be, you know, a silence will kind of hit the room and they'll just go, boobs, <laughs> and he'll start laughing again. And we were watching, I showed him uh, the Ninja Turtles movie, the 1991, and the live action one, and um, he's loving it. And there's this part, it, it was always weird to me too, um, but there's this part toward the end, like after the turtles get... Uh, beat by the foot in Rachel's apartment, April's apartment, sorry. Um, and then they're at her country house. And there's a part where, I'm sure some of you are already ahead of me. There's a part where April is in the kitchen with Casey Jones. And she's like rubbing her neck because it hurts. And he tries to, tries to rub her neck and she kind of stops him. And then he like sits her down forcibly and starts rubbing her, her neck, and she likes it, and it's great, and you're like, good job, you guys are gonna fuck later, but then, like, he starts rubbing the front of her as well, and she's wearing kind of like a, like a low-cut, like a scoop tank top type of thing, and he starts, like, rubbing, like, almost directly on her titties, super, like, it, it's an odd moment for this movie, which has no sexuality at all. Um, and then there's just this like very sexual kind of intimate chest rub. And uh, she's also, I, I don't think she's wearing a bra on that shirt. <laughs> and, and we're sitting there watching it and he, same thing. He's just like <laughs> boobs. And he laughs, you know, and I asked too, like, um, you know, if you have any, you want to talk about them, do you have any questions? And he's like, no, but he likes them. He's always liked them. You know, my last girlfriend had big boobs. And so like he, I mean, he was a baby, like, you know, a year and a half, maybe the last time he saw her. But, um, 
he'd always stare too. Like he, he you know, a kid likes tits. Like what are you, what are you gonna do? Yeah, man, he's funny. So he's five now. I think the last podcast was last year, maybe eight months ago or something. October. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Uh, welcome to Porb. I'm back. A lot of a lot has changed. Um, if uh, if you're uh, enjoying it so far, enjoying these wonderful stories about my son and his uh, curiosity with the female anatomy. Um, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe on YouTube, hit the notification bell, and uh, if you're listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you know, rate and review. It, it helps me out. I would like to grow this uh, into something, so um, that actually does make a difference for me. Um, but yeah, a lot, is, a lot has changed. Like, I, I've moved. Um, I'm actually going to have to move again. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. COVID-19 is uh, taking over the world, and that's super weird. And it's been, you know, obviously a lot of people have died. A lot of people have gotten better, too, which is great. Thank you to science. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people have, have died. A lot of people are sick and, you know, out of work. You know, in, in, in this country, the United States, it's something like 40 million people out of work. Um, you know, it's scary that our... Our government is uh, doing everything in their power to make it worse for everybody. And I think there's like seven new billionaires since the pandemic. So they're, they're doing well. They're profiting. Plus, they're getting bailouts from the government. That's awesome. The Catholic Church got uh, $1.3 billion, which is great for, you know, a, a cult that doesn't pay taxes to get government uh, funding. That's awesome. And uh, what else? Uh, we are under a full-blown fascist regime. You know, there was the murder of George Floyd, and uh, that sparked a, just a massive um, awakening in this country, and the Black Lives Matter protest movement really exploded. I mean, it had existed um, previously, but since George Floyd, uh, it completely exploded as it should, thankfully. Um, you know, these are voices that need to be heard. And um, and now these Black Lives Matter protests have also turned into just anti-fascist protests, where now our administration has um, employed not only the police, but secret police, literally stormtroopers, unnamed, unmarked, uh, in unmarked vehicles who won't identify themselves to go in and literally just kidnap protesters off the street and detain them indefinitely with no uh, accountability. It's real scary. And it's real. And it's, you know, it's funny. It's not funny. It sucks. But like I, when I talk to people about this stuff, um, they kind of joke it off. Like, ah, it's not really, we're not really like, I think people have it ingrained, which is what, you know, countries do is like, from very early on in school, you learn that like all these other countries are bad, but we're good, especially in, in the United States. We have freedom. Like it's over and over and over with Americans like or um, United States citizens. You're free. Everybody else is not free. You're free. So they're trying to convince you of it so that when they take away your freedoms, you're still like, no, 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 we're free. Um, so when I say to people like, 
fascism is here. Like this is, this is, we are now in a fascist country um, because the president of the United States is saying that, you know, it's illegal to uh, talk bad about him. Obviously there's no laws for that yet, but he is saying it. He's saying that um, he can go in and uh, do whatever he wants with the states. He doesn't need to listen to them. He can tell them what to do. Um, he does have a his own government or his own military that is going in and, and uh, kidnapping people. You know, you're looking at Portland and uh, now New York and um, Chicago. I think they're going into like New Mexico and uh, Texas. You know, it's it's bad. It's fascism. It's here. And people look at it like, no, 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 no. Everything's going to be okay. Um, this is a guy who might not leave office. And he has a, a military behind him. Not out, not the military, but a military, which is scarier. And uh, so it seems like people, I mean, obviously people are very complacent. But like people are waiting for a sign, like a literal sign that Trump puts on the front of the White House that says, I am a fascist and I want to be a dictator. I am an authoritarian and I want to be a dictator. But like, that's not how it works. It never happens like that. And I think that's because like when we, it's weird when you like in history class you read about, but this stuff is not old. I mean, there were, you know, World War II was in the 40s. You know, civil rights movements was in the 60s. This shit is not old. Speaking of that, I didn't know that they intentionally made the, you know, when you look at pictures from the civil rights movements, they're always in black and white. Those pictures were not taken in black and white. They were taken in color. They're shown in black and white to make you think it was a long time ago. But anyway, um, you know, you're, you're told in school that, you know, it's about fascism and about uh, dictators. And it's, it's always presented with those terms. This is a dictator. This is a fascist. These are, you know, these were the Nazis. This is what, you know, communist dictators look like. So you're, you're always associating it with that label. And I think that kind of creates this inherent belief that when fascism comes or when a dictator comes, they will label themselves as such. But they won't. That's not how it works. A dictator doesn't say he's a dictator. And I'll say he because, to the best of my knowledge, all dictators are men, have been men. Um, they don't announce it. It's not like they hold a press conference. Um, okay, United States, I know we've previously been a democracy, but we are now switching over to a fascist dictatorship. Cool? All right. I'll open the floor for questions uh, that uh, don't make me look bad and are very um, praising. Thanks. It doesn't work like that. That's not what happens. Freedoms have been kind of chipped away slowly over time. And uh, now we have somebody in there who doesn't give a fuck about decorum or democracy. He just wants power. And um, that's what he's doing. And it's crazy to hear people support it. It's crazy to see like Second Amendment rights activists constantly talk about we need to keep our guns in case uh, to protect the citizens of this country against the government of this country. And then now that the government is literally kidnapping citizens uh, with no process, they're tear gassing peaceful protesters. 
you know, people have been in the hospital, people have died at the hands of, in, during the protests. Where are these guns rights activists? Where are they? What are they doing? And so it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's shedding light, not shedding light, we've, you know, everybody's known, but like it's amplifying the fact that this is not why you wanted guns. You just fetishize guns. You like guns. And you like the idea of being a hero, but you're no hero. Hey, look, I'm a gun owner. I keep guns in the house. Um, I believe that, just like I believe every person should know how to change a tire, change your oil, um, you know, work the uh, fuse box in your house, so throw a punch, signal SOS, um, you know, a, a myriad of other things. I believe everyone should know how to safely and effectively and efficiently operate um, a handgun and a long rifle. But it's a tool. I have a cabinet full of tools. There's saws and scissors and nails and hammers and pliers and screwdrivers. I have power tools. If I need, if I'm doing a job that needs those tools, they're there. And if I don't, I don't use them. I have a gun. It sits in a box on a shelf where my son can't get to it, but I can. And that's it. And unless I need it, and a gun is only designed for one thing. It's for killing people or, you know, killing and killing a, a life. That's what it's for. That's the only use it has. There's no practical everyday use for a gun other than killing people. And if someone breaks into my house, that's what it's for. Um, or if I go camping or whatever. And other than that, it just sits in a box. It's not a part of my identity. I don't fetishize it. It has, it's just a tool. It means nothing to me. But that's a problem in this country, particularly in this country, is that guns are fetishized and they're a part of somebody's identity. People wear shirts with their guns on them. An American flag or United States flag with, you know, a bunch of assault rifles and an eagle. You know, they put stickers of guns on their cars. They, excuse me, they sing songs about guns. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's sad and pathetic. And, it, and all, all it really does is demonstrate you, may know how, you might know how to use a gun, um, but you're not responsible in owning a gun. You know, act like you've been there before. I grew up with guns. My grandfather, you know, was a sergeant in the army. He taught me how to shoot when I was, I don't know, 11. Um, you know, my dad had guns. He'd never talk about them. I mean, I don't talk about, I mean, I don't have a relationship with my dad anymore. But like, they're just a tool. I've never personally been around like as far as my my um initial experience with guns where people would fetishize them it was just a thing you did, didn't even talk about it because what do you need it for unless you need it um when i was in high school my friend and i would go to the gun range all the time and uh, he was started buying guns and you know he grew up with but he fetishized he fetishizes them quite a bit but internally like he doesn't really 
um, you know, he, he doesn't talk about, he doesn't wear shirts, but like he for sure fetishizes them. Like now he's like, all he does is shoot. He has like competitive shooting, which is good. It's fine. Great. Competitive shoot. Um, but like they were just, you know, these are just things you have. So where are these people who are like, we need to protect the citizens and our freedom against a tyrannical government. Okay. Well, we now have a tyrannical government, a tyrannical government who is, you know, putting billions into banks and into everything but helping people. There has been no moratorium, no real moratorium on um, rent. Like this country was like, yeah, you have to stay home because there's a pandemic, um, but we're not going to pay you and you can't go to work. So you have no income, but you still have to pay all your bills. You still have to pay all your rent. Um, Don't protest though. And uh, don't go outside. And if you do, you know, we'll arrest you. And then now it's like you can be on unemployment. But now, you know, it's more than three months. So they're chopping unemployment and uh, still expecting people. And now they're releasing um, landlords from the obligation to not evict people. So now landlords can start evicting people uh, starting on Saturday. That's the first of uh, August. Not even to mention that, you know, our government knew about this, the uh, pandemic coming in January. They said nothing until basically March. And then all the words out of their mouths were like, it was a hoax. Don't wear a mask. It's a hoax. So now you have millions of people in this country who are like, ah, fuck it. Don't wear a mask. It's a hoax. Fighting with people who are like, just wear a mask. It's crazy that like where our, where our country is at is the people of just reason and general concern for the well-being of others are willing to just do a very small thing. It's so not hard to wear a mask. It doesn't affect your breathing. It doesn't do anything. Like if you're working out, it's slightly harder to work out with a mask on. That's, but, you know, a lot of these people who are protesting wearing a mask are not working out. Um so it's like worst case scenario. So let's say you're wearing a mask and uh, you're social distancing, meaning like you're six feet apart from everyone around you. Worst case scenario is that you overreacted. Like you did it and you overreacted. It wasn't necessary. We find out later. Best case scenario, you don't infect people with a virus that can kill them or leave them with lifelong heart and lung problems, severe ones. Worst case scenario, I mean, come on, like it, it is literally the smallest thing you can do. And now you have, you know, it's so crazy. On one side of the street, you have black people, trans, you know, the LGBTQ plus community, and then allies of them screaming and begging and crying, please don't kill us. And then on the other side of the street, you have people saying, I don't want to wear a mask. Like those are the protests going on right now. There are literally anti-protest protests. It's always, I mean, it's the white, you know, white racist people that are showing up to BLM protests and screaming all lives matter. It's like, yeah, 
everybody knows that. Yeah, every life matters, sure. But that's not... <laughs> every life isn't marginalized. Every life isn't oppressed in this country. Black lives are, for sure. Black lives are murdered in the... Not even in the street. In their homes. They These police are going... Have been going into black people's homes and murdering them. Breonna Taylor, Ayanna Jones. Ayanna Jones is a seven-year-old, was a seven-year-old girl. She was asleep on the couch with her grandmother. The police burst in the door and shot her in the fucking face. No accountability, no arrests. I think it was in Detroit. They settled for a few million. The parents got a few million. Like that matters. You know, the, the list of names, these are just the recorded names, is so huge. So it's like people are just saying like, hey, our lives matter. Can you please just acknowledge that they matter? And there are literally people who are like, no. And what's really scary is that and, and telling is that all the people who are screaming all lives matter in protest to Black Lives Matter are also chanting USA, USA at these when they're protesting the Black Lives Matter movement. So it's like to them. Racism and America are the same thing. They, they, you can't separate them. It's the same. How dare you try to take me away my right to be a racist and to have all the power? That's not what this country is about. And, you know, to their point, yeah, that's true. This country was built on racism and genocide and uh, oppression and murder. So it's like, it, it's just, it's tough, man. It's tough. There's so much going on. This year is such trash and it's so crazy that the Pentagon released footage and confirmed that, yes, there are UFOs and aliens. And nobody gives a shit. That's how crazy it is. That the fucking, our own government, our own crazy corrupt government is like, yeah, I mean, here's also UFOs. <laughs> like, you know. And nobody cares because we can't focus on it right now. Right now we have immediate problems, like tangible ones that we actually have to think about. And part of me thinks, like, did they believe that if they released this alien stuff that people would give up on the Black Lives Matter movements? These protests are going on every day. They have not stopped since George Floyd's death. Murder. The news isn't reporting it anymore. They only reported for that first, whatever, two weeks while there were looters as well. The looters were always separate from the protests, too. Like, they would literally show, and to their credit, I watched a live uh, like a YouTube live feed of um, ABC reporting on it once. And they did make it clear distinction where like they showed the protest, you know, from the helicopter, like these are the protesters. And then they panned way over. These are the looters. And they even said like, these are separate. These are not the same. But, you know, the narrative was already established that, you know, the protests and protesters are looters, which is just, it's never the case. People who protest social injustice aren't also looting. There are people who loot, you know, there are criminals. And that's, you know, when I'm talking to, I've been talking to people about this and it's frustrating, especially like, I mean, it's usually with older white people, but just even, even younger people too, who, do, who can't quite grasp it, grasp it. They're like, and they use a fact like, oh, there are more black on black crimes or whatever than police crimes. And you're like, okay, okay. One, that's irrelevant because do you know that police are not supposed to execute people in the street or in their homes? They're not supposed to do that. That's literally not their job. They're not supposed to do that. Full stop. 
Also, hey, why is there crime? Can, I mean, seriously, why is there crime? That's something that like, it doesn't seem to be addressed a lot where, especially if it's disproportionately, I'm not even going to say uh, black, brown or minority neighborhoods. It's um, like a violent crime or, you know, like looting. And, I mean, it's poor because you know, white people fucking do tons of crime too. Um, but like these types of crimes is poor people. So I was like, why are there poor people? Aren't these the things that we should be addressing? Why are there... Jeff Bezos made $13 billion last, what was it, Thursday or Friday, within a 24-hour period. He made $13 billion. And there are people who are getting evicted from their home during a pandemic. You know, Elon Musk is worth whatever, $75 billion. These people, these are billionaires in this country. And there are people starving and having to steal to just to have something to eat or, or just to release some of the tension of being so poor or broke and stressed and they can't pay for anything um, that they steal out of just anger and frustration and, and fear. And, and if you, and if you want to, you know, be racist and say like, well, there's more, there's more in black and brown neighborhoods. Okay. Why? I don't know if that's true. I haven't looked at those statistics, but let's say that is true. Why could it have anything to do with the fact that our government makes it so that the conditions in these neighborhoods are far worse, that they have less, the schools are defunded, not even underfunded, just fucking defunded. There are liquor stores and gun stores on every other corner. They, the you know cleaning crews don't go to these places. There's no outreach programs. There's nothing. And then people are like, well, but there's crime, right? If you invest money and resources and care and concern into a place, there will be less crime. If people have, then they won't take so much. Now, this is only true in normal, healthy people, because if you look at, you know, our 1%, they just can't stop taking. There's no limit to how much they'll take. This country is built on taking. We go to other countries and take their shit. We're taxed on the initial money we make and then on everything we buy. You know, I mean, I'm not going to solve it. I know that. But I, I know that, you know, these people like AOC and Bernie Sanders and a bunch of others, they are always saying the right things. And for some reason, like, look, I mean, Bernie could have been on the ticket, but people fucking fucked it up. There was no way Andrew Yang was going to win that nomination it's the only time i've been really mad at dave Chappelle for endorsing him he has a big voice i'm like even if he's even if you believe that he's a great candidate you know nobody knows who he is he is not going to make it on that fucking ballot how dare you endorse him and then like elizabeth warren maybe she would have been good i i don't have a problem with her but she was never going to make it either we're right now, like we're fighting fascism. So it's like, you can't, 
these fucking protest votes, like I, so many people were like, oh, I voted for Warren to be on the ballot. I'm like, oh, that was a vote for, for Biden then. Every vote that wasn't for Bernie was a vote for Biden. And Biden, I was saying before that he won't beat Trump, but because Trump is like really just digging himself further and further down and losing support, um, maybe he can now, but the, you know, the winning part doesn't even matter because there's a very small chance that he'll actually get out of office and he's going to cheat anyway. He's already been doing it, closing down thousands of polling places. So people can't, couldn't vote. It's fucking crazy, man. It's crazy. This country is a burning trash heap. It's really fucked up. I wish I could take my son and go somewhere. But you can't because 30 countries have banned <laughs> United States citizens from coming because they won't wear a mask and this country is dying. I hope everyone's having a really good day and talking about all this happy, positive shit. Let me switch it up. What else has been going on? Let me look. Um, man, it's been a minute, huh? I have some more angry stuff that happened. Um, <laughs> oops. Sorry, the camera shut off and came back on. Um, I, I put out a second record. I think the last time was like October that I did a podcast. So um, I put out a, another record. So I put out Again Violently Sleeping in August. And then on my birthday on December 3rd, I released an EP called Pale Dream. You can get both on uh, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, wherever you get your music, Google Play. I think on Google Play, it's mixed up with another artist of the same name, but I'm, I'm working on straightening it out. Anyway. So that's been great. Um, had a really nice review written about it. And uh, so I'd, I'd love if you checked it out. Gray House, G-R-E-Y-H-O-U-S-E, two words, on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Tidal, wherever you get your music, YouTube. Um, and I got more music coming. I just released like an old cover I did of a Deftone song in 2002 uh, called Passenger. That's on all the platforms as well. And I think I'm going to release another single... Uh, in a couple weeks. So that's all going well. Um, let me see what else I can talk about. It's just crazy, man. This is a really, it's just a really crazy time. There's so much shit going on. Like, you know, this fucking Pizzagate stuff that, you know, look, there is a worldwide child rape and slavery ring. I mean, the, even outside of this Pizzagate stuff, which is very creepy and fucked up. Um, but like, whatever. I don't want to get into that right now. Sandra Bullock injects uh, Korean baby's foreskins into her face. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? That shit is so not okay. Like, people so vain and desperate to look young that it's like they don't know where these foreskins are coming from or how they're you know they, they don't know they're being told that it's like and it has to be and you know it's weird when you watch Sandra Bullock say it she was on the Ellen show 
And like Ellen knew what was up and she made her say it for real. But like Sandra Bullock is trying to say like it comes from a part of the body from people very far away. Like she was basically saying like because they're far away and not United States citizens. Like I'm trying not to say American because there's like America's fucking huge. There's South America and Canada. They're all Americans too. Um, it, you know that term American. It really it it is a element of white supremacy and um, oppression. Like constantly, you know, Americans want you to believe that the United States, United Statesians want you to believe that America is a white country. So when they call America, America, they're trying to like, I don't know, it basically does kind of remove, oh yeah, Canada is America and, you know, Mexico and South America, they're Americans too. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm trying to say United States more. Um, I don't know where the fuck I was going. Fuck Sandra Bullock, crazy ass bitch. But it's been hard, you know, between, you know, between everything going on in the world and our country in particular, uh, just, you know, in general, have had a rough time, so much transition and you're feeling super alone and isolated you know, I, I realized like a part of it too was because this started after like right after I think I talked about this before, but like right after I hired a lawyer to take my ex-wife to court last year, well, I guess it was at the end of 2018. Um, and then we went to court in the beginning of 2019. But since then, uh, just been really spiraling just as far as it, my depression and um, my routine and, and staying on top of my fitness and my health. I put on a bunch of weight um, because, you know, it, it was just so fucking triggering for me. I had such a bad experience and then subsequently many experiences after that uh, because of my experience with uh, custody battle as a child and how terrible it was. Um and, and it really, like, exacerbated this thing, like, after it with my son, like, I wouldn't do anything personal in front of him. Like, I wouldn't take any time for myself in front of him because I'd want just every second to be about him. Every second. Which is, like, not only is it... Sorry, my uh, camera overheated, so I had to uh, tape an ice pack to the back of it and so I can finish this thought. Um, so I was talking about... Um, not doing anything personal in front of my son and you know because I didn't want and this is not like a logical thought this was just you know kind of a very primal based out of trauma um, and projecting that I didn't want him to ever think or ever feel that I wasn't there for him that I wasn't supportive and that I wasn't invested in him and uh, that I didn't I never wanted to feel that I didn't care about him like I've never my whole life I don't this is not like a sob story or anything but like I've it it was it was um modeled for me really early that like I wasn't safe and nobody really gave a fuck about what I was doing or what happened to me 
I'm not saying like, yes, I mean, I was fed and clothed and all that stuff, but like when things would happen, nobody seemed to care and there, whatever. Um, so I wouldn't even, I wasn't doing personal stuff in front of my son. Like I wouldn't work out in front of him. Cause I, I, and then, so I just stopped working out for the most part and, uh, just things I needed to do, not only just wanted to do, but needed to do. And not only does that, is that a disservice to him because it sets unrealistic expectations, um, but it also, it's a, it's a disservice because I'm not including him in my life. So it, it's, it's been a struggle uh, working through that, like coming to that realization that that's why it's happening. Um, and then taking steps to work through it because these aren't like conscious decisions I'm making. But there is just a very real fear that like I won't be there for him, which was my experience, with, especially with my dad. Um, so it, that's been a super huge challenge and I've been working hard to get past it. Um, and it's definitely for sure getting better. I'm getting better at it. Um, you know, and then, but with all this, uh, everything that's going on, you know, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. I'm sorry. This is such a heavy podcast. I know I've been all over the place. I guess I'm just excited to be doing it again. I've been thinking about it and talking to myself in my head about this a lot for months um, so anyway, <laughs> I will once again say that I'm going to keep doing this. Um, I love it. So I, I hope you do too. Um, I, I got a bunch of, um, questions sent to me on uh, my Instagram. So I'm going to go over those, uh, next episode, but anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Um, if you like it, please, uh, consider liking and subscribing on YouTube and uh, rating and reviewing on iTunes. It, it actually does make a difference for me. So please do that. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Instagram Baker, Twitter at Graham Baker. Um, my music is at uh, Greyhouse Music on Instagram. Um, and check out Greyhouse on everywhere you get your music. All right. I hope that was, uh, <laughs> I hope that was fun. I'll come back soon. Uh, all right. Be well, do good, make good choices. Peace.